0: Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and indiebirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to Podcast Monday. It's also Midwife Monday, as the case may be, and it's been a really crazy kind of busy week here at Indie Birth. We posted a really awesome birth video of one of our Indie Birth Mamas uh, this past week, if not more than that. But by the time it caught on, it pretty much went viral on social media. So if you haven't seen this amazing birth video, you should check out our YouTube page or our Instagram And Kendra is her name, the beautiful mama, and her husband, and her new baby, Shiloh. So we are so thrilled that Kendra wanted to share this video with the world. And again, if you haven't seen it, it's a really beautiful and I think educational seven minutes caught on camera. Uh, New to that whole thing is also a commentary video I did with Kendra's permission. So you can find that as well on our YouTube channel and or the link in our bio on Instagram. And if you're a midwifery student or just somebody that's curious about birth or a doula or anybody at all that wants to know more about what a midwife might be thinking and after you watch her video, I'm sure you'll have some questions. So if that's the case, head over to this commentary video and uh, get yourself a cup of tea because it's a 40-minute commentary And I tried to make it more brief, but truly, it was a great opportunity to help educate the world about the way birth can look and the way midwives can function. So this came after, again, kind of this social media blitz of her video being shared by some really, really large accounts on Instagram, which led to hundreds of thousands of views. Can you imagine? I mean, I guess I've been in that seat having a new baby and having... A lot of the world, honestly, the birth world, anyway, uh, see my baby born. And now Kendra can claim the same. So um, her little babe is just about a month old. And yeah, hundreds of thousands of people have watched Shiloh be born and watched this gorgeous. Uh, intuitive and instinctual mothering uh, caught on camera. So again, so much gratitude to Kendra. Please check out the video, check out the commentary, share it around because this is how we change the world. When mamas choose to birth this way and when they are in their own power and then they choose to share it, it really, really does have a ripple effect. So it was a really busy week in that regard, coming up with a way to... Yes, educate, but also inspire and correct some myths. (sighs) Social media, we all know kind of the blessing and the curse that it can be. And, you know, 99% of the comments made about this video were so positive and people were just floored and in tears, apparently writing these comments. So that felt just so amazing. And I'm sure for Kendra as well. And then, of course, because it is social media, you know, there were the um, Um, 0.8% of really ignorant and sort of moronic comments, to be honest. Now, I say that and that's uh, maybe a little harsh, but I think if I see it more from this place of intense fear that most people have around birth, you know, it makes more sense. And perhaps it's not quite idiotic, it's just uninformed, and caught in people's own cycles of fear and trauma. So it taught me a lot as well this last week, reading comments, and just really understanding where some people are coming from. Um, Not that I can necessarily understand that on an individual level, but on this collective scale of holy shit. We still are not there, although we've come so far. There are still people out there that don't know what it looks like for a birth to not be mangled, frankly, like traumatized and broken. Um, And then there are even practicing midwives out there who apparently don't know what normal is and must interfere so much that perhaps they have never seen a birth unfold according to the blueprint of our own physiological design. So the teacher and me couldn't let it go. Uh, Putting her video out to the world may have been enough for some people. And there were moments that I said, you know what? Um, People can glean what they want to glean and they're only going to see what they want to see. But after a couple of days of reading thousands and thousands of comments, I realized, no, the call was to educate the call was to present this new perspective of woman led birth and these really intelligent, beautiful star seeds coming in right now, and what I think they're asking for. So um, that's the five minute version of the commentary on the commentary. So go check that out. And like I said, spread it around. Let me know your questions. It's seriously one of the best teaching videos of physiological birth that I think is out there. And I said on the commentary, so I won't ramble on and on. But on one hand, this was just a normal day for me, um, a beautiful normal day. And I'm not sure how it felt for Kendra being her first baby, but it all just felt really normal. So it wasn't until after the fact and realizing like, oh, people aren't used to seeing this. They're not used to seeing a mama take control of her birth like this. Um, They're not used to seeing the ease and grace in which her baby emerged. They're also not used to seeing someone that doesn't meddle. So again, really great opportunity to present just a magnificent, mysterious event of birth to the world. So I am glad that that is out there and perhaps there's more to come on that front. Not necessarily from this birth. I don't know how much more there is to say about it in the best way, Uh, but perhaps in the future, more clients, more mamas that are willing for these to be shared. And we have a really good track record, actually. We have so many women that are willing to share their births. So um, yeah, cheers to more of that and more beautiful, physiological, undisturbed births being out there for all the world to see and to learn from. So I did a fair share of teaching this week, so I'm going to keep this on the brief side today. But another student idea was to talk about my birth bag. In- <clears throat> Excuse me, I have this lingering throat tickle. Um, In some ways, it sounds so boring (laughs) to me to talk about a birth bag, Um, but all humor and, you know, not even just humor. I I do love to educate and I realize that my lack of excitement about a birth bag is probably just due to the number of years that I've had one packed up. Um, So I appreciate the enthusiasm of students and this idea that, again, I think may have come from Ashley in our Indie Birth Midwifery School student group here in Kentucky. Um, If not, then it was one of the other ladies. And one of my students, Angelia, who many of you know, not even personally, but just by her gorgeous photos of birth, just came by to help me take some photos of the birth bag. So this is kind of a... um, you know, bigger project, I guess, than this podcast, I'm sure we'll put out some photos that she's taken and some video and you'll actually get to see a visual that goes along with this podcast if you'd like to. Obviously, I can't present a visual while I'm recording, but I am going to sneak some peeks at the photos on my phone so that I can share with you what is in my birth bag and a little bit about why. I did do a podcast, I want to say years ago. So if you're really one of those people, go to our indiebirth.org forward slash podcast archives and dig it up. And it's something about birth bags and being prepared to be at a birth without any of it. I think that was my message and just many years ago. I have not changed in that regard. I was pondering this thought this morning, you know, asking myself, am I any different? Do I feel differently about that? And the answer is no. I was reflecting on my time in music school, uh, college, and I played the oboe, for those that don't know, and I made my own oboe reads, and that's a whole other story, but that was a very intense craft and way of life. And a saying that my college professor had for all of us was, You are only as good as your worst oboe read. So I was thinking of that this morning because I think it's pretty much the same concept that we are only as good a midwife as the tools we don't have, really. I appreciate tools, I think there is definitely a time and a space for them, but also. Uh, If we can't imagine being present to women without them, if we haven't honed our skills of observation, of knowledge, of experience, what good are we, right? Because what if? What if you left your bag at home by accident? What if you were, you know at one birth and you had to leave stuff for whatever reason and then you had to go to another, right? There's a million reasons why or how you might end up at a birth or even a prenatal without anything, without any equipment at all. So I do still stand by that. I think we're only as good as the stuff we don't have. And as a student, yes, it's fun. We're collecting things. We're finding out what other midwives have. We're doing inventory, you know, and that's fun. And it can feel really, um, you know, personal and also like, wow, you know, I've made it. I'm a midwife. I have all these things. So I'm going to go through what I carry in the good old bag, and I'll include my prenatal stuff as well. And I don't know, nobody's here to talk back today, but maybe you'll have questions, maybe you won't. I would say on a scale of um, amount of stuff, I'm probably on the lower side. However, I bet there are midwives that carry a lot less, and I don't know that that's better. I don't know that that's the goal. I'm just kind of a minimalist in my own life. I don't like clutter. I'm not very sentimental for some things. I mean, I definitely am for some, like I have a million journals and I will never throw them out. But stuff, you know, cluttered stuff or things I'm not using, I'm not too fond of carrying around. And again, when it comes to birth, my philosophy is really such that, you know, birth works. We don't need a lot to go to a birth. A normal average birth, let's put it that way. And Uh, Should we need a lot of stuff, then perhaps that birth is becoming more complicated and too complicated for home. And then also along those lines, sometimes we realize as midwives, baby midwives or seasoned midwives, that we also need to make a choice and we need to draw the line as to what's too much. And that's an individual choice. So for example, you'll see, I don't carry suturing material. I don't carry IV material. That's a choice. I could, but I don't. And I'm very clear about why, and that being outside of what I feel my limit, my role, my experience is. Every midwife obviously can and should feel how she feels and is free to feel differently, but thinking concretely and as intelligently and with as much intention around why we carry what we carry, I think makes sense to me. So in other words, don't just fill up your bag with a bunch of shit that you don't even know how to use um, just because another midwife uses it or carries it. Really figure out what you need. And the truth is you might be learning on the job, right? There might be a birth that comes up that you're like, damn, I wish I had had that catheter. Uh, and that's kind of how it works too, right? So we're always learning. We're, we're having new experiences. Hopefully. And yeah, we're maybe adding or subtracting, although I'd say the bulk of my birth bag has stayed the same literally over 15 years that I haven't really gotten too fancy, even though certainly fancy stuff is appearing, of course, more than ever. um, I keep it pretty simple. So this may not be as exciting as anybody thinks it is, (laughs) depending on what you think is exciting. But I'm going to just go through the photos I took. And like I said, stay tuned for some nice photos from Angelia and probably some posts on social media from Sam, and it'll all fit together into a very pretty project called Marin's Birth Bag. So here we go. Um, I'm going to start with the prenatal stuff because I do bring my prenatal bag into a birth. So the prenatal bag is obviously what I use for prenatals. Let's find it here hopefully my phone doesn't die. Um, So this is really simple. I have a gestational wheel, an actual made of cardboard wheel. I don't enjoy the ones on my phone. I don't want a digital one. I want to be able to turn the wheel and adjust the date because sometimes women don't know when they conceived or they had bleeding here or there, whatever. I like a good old fashioned wheel and I have many of them blood pressure cuff and stethoscope. So I have a normal sized blood pressure cuff for an adult and an extra large one, and I recommend having both. I have the fetal, or not fetal, um, newborn stethoscope in this photo, but that is not generally in the prenatal bag, but I guess I was grouping stethoscopes in this photo. That is in the birth bag. And then back to the prenatal bag, a uh, fetoscope or fetal stethoscope with a long tubing because my short Allen, my Allen uh, fetoscope that they don't make anymore, broke. The plastic has broken on this beautiful fetoscope and I need to get it fixed. So it doesn't work. So I'm using just the cheap fetoscope with the long tubing that any mom could buy off of Amazon. So, again, nothing fancy here. Um, a watch with a second hand and that's for prenatals and births and a measuring tape to measure fundal height. Uh, Not pictured would be probably a deck of cards. I do most of the prenatals at my office these days so I have all the cards around and other things I use for prenatals like um, sound healing. We do often the sound bowls and meditations and music and journals. Um, All of that is part of prenatal care, but it's not stuff I carry around. I just kind of keep it here at the office. So again, the prenatal bag comes into the birth because I have whatever else I need in there. I have the watch. I have the stethoscope. Um, I might need those things during the birth plus the chart. The chart is kept in the prenatal bag. So again, I just put that on my shoulder and then I grab the big old suitcase And the suitcase is what houses the birth stuff. And I don't think we got a picture of the suitcase. It's kind of cute, although broken, actually. It's sort of cracked, and it's not enormous. It's sort of a middle-sized one. Okay, phone. Phone is not cooperating here. Um, A Doppler, and aloe vera gel, is what I use for uh, listening with a Doppler. I don't keep that in my prenatal bag because I don't really use it other than at births or perhaps a very early in pregnancy. And I have to plug it in. I have this new fancy Doppler that's more like a computer than a Doppler. I do not love it, actually. I do not. So I keep it in the office and we charge it up um, if, you know, someone is coming that might want to use it. And I do have it around for births. But again, I don't really use it much. So, uh, you know, I've got to remember to plug it in because that's different. My old one was old fashioned and just took batteries. Next is kind of like the Chinese medicine section of my birth bag and essential oils. So I can't quite see what I have here, but the standard essential oils, um, lavender, peppermint, um, helichrysum, and then a bunch of like relaxing oils, like cedarwood and peace and calming. I think that's what I'm seeing here. And I generally use those for, yes, relaxation purposes. If someone's having a long labor or, you know, needs a massage or just to change the energy and the scent in the room. And then the Chinese medicine stuff, Um, We have the Yunin Bio Capsules for excess postpartum bleeding. We have Moxa, which is Chinese mugwort in a stick. And that's great for postpartum and um, also perhaps turning a breech baby, although I haven't used it a ton for that. And some acupuncture needles, believe it or not. I was taught long ago by a good friend who's a Chinese medicine doctor. Um, how to do that. So I play with those on my own body. And you know, my children even get some acupuncture treatments at home. And yeah, knowing the points for labor and birth can be really helpful. And I actually have used those at birth here and there with consent and permission, of course, um, as everything is. Okay, next picture looks like gloves and some seventh generation disinfecting wipes. Just to wipe everything down after a birth Um, a flashlight waterproof flashlight and a helios homeopathy specific remedies for childbirth kit which i also have used quite a bit over the years Uh, next comes the herbal component and let's see i have to be able to read these Um, most of them to be honest are postpartum bleeding herbs so we have witch hazel yarrow angelica uh, shepherd's purse, motherwort, and cotton root bark, all of which have slightly different indications. And then I have some relaxing herbs. So it looks like I have a blend called something relaxer and centered mama. And yeah, some kind of um, postpartum hemorrhage blend. And that is the herbs. Um, a resuscitation bag and mask, of course. And I don't think there's too much to say about that, except, you know, I have two, I think, and checking to make sure that they're still working because I really don't use them very much and and that they still have a seal and all that good stuff um, is pretty standard at the birth. And let's see. Uh, I have some flower essences, which I do use and have used over the years. So I have some proprietary blend from a woman I knew a long time ago who I don't think has a business anymore, but they were specific to labor. And then I have the Bach, some of the Bach flower essence remedies. So I have Star of Bethlehem and I can't see the other one, but I suppose both of them I thought were useful or maybe I had actually used during someone's labor and birth. It uh, looks like I have some labor tea from my friend Diane, who's a, a an amazing midwife and an herbalist, <clears throat> and I actually need to get some more stuff from her. She has a great postpartum tea, and the labor tea, I mean, I've probably had it 10 years. It's probably not even good anymore, although it wouldn't hurt anybody, but definitely isn't at the strength it would need to be, and probably when I bought this a long time ago, it was more... Um, you know, in line with my beliefs then perhaps. I don't know in what case I would give someone labor tea um, at the moment, but it is in there for whatever reason. And I have some, let's see, packaged like Mexican cinnamon sticks, which I also haven't used, but I think I had in there for labor that perhaps needed um, a boost ahead for whatever reason. But Uh, It is telling, you know, to look at your own bag as well and see the stuff that you have that you've never used. So perhaps when I'm done with this, it's time to throw out the cinnamon sticks and the labor tea. Next, um, we have some sterile items. So a bulb syringe, which if you saw Kendra's video, we definitely did not use and I would hesitate to use, but I have used in a variety of circumstances. And that, of course, is packaged and has never been used. There is a Dali mucus trap, similar, uh, newborn suctioning, but I've only ever used one once, although I do have a few new ones. After I needed one uh, last summer, I did order a bunch more. And then there's a urinary catheter uh, for the mom, obviously. And I have used that. That's definitely something... Um, I was thinking through, you know, if you have a non-complicated labor and birth, you don't need any of this stuff really. And then if things start to get complicated or long, something like a catheter can really save the day, even though that's pretty interventive. Um, there's not a whole lot of ways to get pee out of there if the mom isn't able to pee. So uh that's that. Also in the photo, let's see, I see an Elden card. So to figure out what blood type the baby might be, if the mom is Rh negative, we use the cord blood for that. So there's some syringes pictured next to the Elden card. And use the syringe to get the blood out of the cord usually. And go for it. It's a fun science project. And then I think this is almost the final photo. um, Some reading material in my birth bag, if you can believe that. There is a spinning baby's... Uh, sort of card deck that my friend Valerie made me. So, you know, figuring out what you might do based on where the baby is, again, in more of a prolonged labor situation. A vaginal examination little booklet uh, that I've had forever. And I wish I could find where I could buy this again for all of my students. But it's this little, um, you know, it's kind of like cards, but they're spiralized. So they're like in a little pack. And as you turn the cards, you can stick your finger in a hole and it shows you what dilation feels like and what it looks like. So if you're doing a vaginal exam, which again, I don't do super often, I can also double check myself afterwards and just say, oh yeah, four centimeters or whatever it is. So that is literally an ancient tool. In my bag, it's probably 15 years old, and I don't know where to get them anymore. The Labor Progress Handbook by Penny Simkin is a tiny book. I like that book. Um, It sparks my brain for ideas, again, in a prolonged labor situation, especially if I'm exhausted. And then I have some reminders of emergency cards. So I think Pictured is the resuscitation emergency card card. And, you know, to be truthful, I don't necessarily read through these at every birth, but if we have downtime, um, the students might want to review, I might want to review for whatever reason, uh, just because, you know, usually birth is pretty smooth, but we have to be ready for when it's not. And then last here, this doesn't really go into postpartum stuff. I have a whole basket of postpartum herbs and all sorts of stuff, but pictured is a rebozo, which is great for belly wrapping, also great for closing of the bone ceremony, also great for in labor, if a mom needs to like hang on something, and a newborn scale, and the fish scale that goes with it. I don't like the digital ones. Again, I'm pretty old school. I like my hanging fish scale, just my brass one that I've had for 15 years, and it still works great, and that is my go-to. I think that's it. I think that's it for the all fancy birth bag. Um, I do not carry oxygen. That's a separate conversation. And I decided years ago that that wasn't something that made sense to me for a variety of reasons, not to mention it's dangerous. It requires a prescription. And if someone is really uh, needing that, if you really feel like a mom or a baby is needing that, they should, in my opinion, receive medical help where they can be monitored because oxygen is not a safe thing necessarily to go around giving people. So that's another topic for another day. But that really is the extent of what is in my birth bag. I don't think I'm missing anything other than what other personal, whatever personal items I'd bring along, my own food, that kind of thing. Everything uh, has pretty much been spoken for. I hope that was fun. I hope it was as fun as some of you were imagining, but perhaps you're waiting for the photos and video to go along with it. I'd love to hear if you have anything radically different in your birth bag or if you have questions about any of it. So feel free to always get me at Marin at and I'll see you again soon. Have a beautiful week.